The Bucket Plan On Demand series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach on advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit ClarityToProsperity.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bucket Plan Podcast. This is Dave Allison, uh, one of the co-hosts today, and I've got an awesome guest. Uh, this is one of the first ones we've been able to do through video in addition to the audio. So uh, certainly, by all means, you have the podcast through the podcast player, but you can check this out on YouTube now, too. And a special guest, a good friend, one of our top advisors, somebody I have an incredible amount of respect for in the industry, Tim Claremont. Tim is the founder and CEO of Clear Financial Partners, has built an incredible business, had the opportunity to meet Tim for the first time several years ago, uh, spend some time with him and Crystal in uh, Napa Valley in San Francisco at top of the table, and uh, built just a great relationship over the years. And so, Tim, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, it's my pleasure, Dave. Thanks for the accolades, too. That's pretty good stuff. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. That doesn't even do it doesn't even do half of it justice. Well, um, well, we always spotlight rock star advisors who are doing really cool things uh, on the Bucket Plan podcast, and uh, you certainly have a laundry list of things that you could potentially share with our advisors. But in these kind of different times, I guess different is the only word to describe them. But the different times we're in today. Uh, Jason Smith and I have been doing some podcasts and resources on how important it is to have a good balance of offense in your practice just as much as defense. You know, defense, there's a lot of things uh, with the market volatility, the uncertainty around uh, businesses and payroll and, and all the things going on because of the coronavirus, but offense in that there's an incredible opportunity with prospects looking for help, looking for guidance, and then all of our existing clients that we have out there to go back and share maybe some new strategies or ideas with them. And so as we were brainstorming on some of those top strategies or ideas to share with existing clients, one of the things that I know I'm probably as guilty as any other advisor out there about maybe overlooking or not spending as much time as I should is, you know, really kind of the later bucket in healthcare, long-term care planning. It's certainly a big concern of a lot of people out there. And there's some amazing products that could help solve some of the challenges our clients have around, you know, the uncertainty with healthcare costs and long-term care planning. And I know, Tim, this is something that you do a lot of in your business. You also coach other advisors on this. And so could you share, you know, some of the key opportunities that you see that all these advisors at C2P could be potentially doing with their existing clients. Yeah, of course, I'd, I'd be happy to help, you know, all of our, our friends at C2P. I mean, there's just so many people there that I think could benefit from, you know, some simple information. It's, it's just usually a lack of clarity of information associated with, uh, you know, the opportunities that exist. And then once they have the information, it's, it's really easy. We have so many things that are distracting us as financial advisors where we're constantly working with one thing or another. And, uh, to help out with, from a long-term care standpoint, you know, some of my friends in Australia and the UK, when they're dealing with long-term care issues right now, I mean, it's, it's a major, major uh, compliance requirement. So a lot of times we talk about having 
uh, long-term care as sort of a mandatory disclosure to make sure you're at least talking about it with all of your clients. So if you haven't gone through yet and just brought up the conversation, just bringing it up is a really, really important first step. And, and I mean, obviously with everything going on right now, uh, it, it's a good idea to reach out to your clients and just say, hey, how are you doing? Just make sure they're feeling well, uh, given the current circumstances that we're dealing with. But also at the same time, you know, the five tenets of financial planning, we, when you work with the, as a certified financial planner, the five tenets, you've got the first one, which is rate of return. Second is retirement income planning. Third is estate planning. Fourth is tax planning. And fifth is protection planning. And, and we go through those five tenets with our clients in a review capacity regularly. And I think most advisors are focused on rate of return and retirement income planning. And that's great. It's really powerful. Um, estate planning and tax planning, bringing it up lets your clients know that you're working in conjunction with their other key professionals to make sure those are taken care of. And maybe some of them you take care of yourself within your firms and, um, and others you refer out. But that, and that's all okay. But you just touch on it. The fifth one, protection planning, though, that breaks into three subcategories. The first, and, the first two are things we don't do here, though you might do those as advisors yourselves. Um, that's going to be health insurance and then auto and home insurance. Like we don't do property casualty and we don't do health insurance work within my firm. Many of you with C2P do health insurance work and that's great. So, you know, this is an opportunity to kind of segment it out. But the third subtenant of, I say the third sub-bullet sub of the fifth tenant is uh, life insurance, long-term care insurance, and long-term disability insurance. And so when you go through these five tenants with your client conversationally, you just let them know that look, we're paying attention to the whole thing. And we want to make sure everything is taken care of. And when you hit that last tenant of life insurance, long-term care insurance, and long-term disability insurance, you're just telling your client, I'm, doing, I'm just doing my job to bring this up. And I want to make sure that you're taken care of and then you have a plan in place for it. And right now, like you said, Dave, there's a lot of different strategies for dealing with long-term care. It can seem overwhelming to advisors. Uh, but if you can make it really simple and just subcategorize it into a couple different buckets, uh, one of those strategies is to say, Let's take uh, long-term care insurance and look at long-term care as an, as an alternative. Let's look at a way to get long-term care insurance as an alternative to earning interest on cash. Like right now, interest rates on cash are not paying very much interest. So it doesn't, pretty much doesn't matter where you're at. I mean, savings accounts, mm -hmm. CDs, things like that. You know, you're, you're lucky to get uh, you know, half a percent to 2% in pretty much anywhere. So clients already know that. They, they know they're not getting a good interest rate on their cash. And with the new, you know, Lincoln came out with their first product, I'd say along these lines, at least that was the first one I heard about their money guard product. But the one we like is with Pacific Life through their prayer care product. You can lump some in a chunk of money, let's say a hundred grand. So a lot of times I'll talk to clients and say, look, you got an extra couple hundred thousand sitting in the bank and maybe this is part of your now bucket or it's really that emergency money that you don't intend to touch for income, even in the short term. It's just that it's just kind of sitting there and you're not earning a lot of interest on it. You're not earning, and, and the interest you are earning, you're paying taxes on. <laughs> so, you know, even if you're earning 1% on $100,000, you made $1,000 that year, that 1,000, you get a 1099 on it. And then after taxes, you're lucky to get five, 600 bucks. So instead of earning five or $600 to have this money sit in the bank, what if we gave you long-term care insurance benefits instead? And that's where, as an alternative to earning interest on this cash, you can get long-term care insurance. And the question the client will ask is, well, well, can I still get all my money back? And well, yeah, you can. You give up the long-term care insurance if you do that. But we always know there's a portion of money that you're probably just going to sit on and you want to keep it safe. So this kind of a strategy, we call it long-term care insurance as an alternative to interest, is, is just let's park this money. We're not going to accept it. We're not going to get any interest on it. If you decide you need to take all that hundred grand right back out, no problem. You can grab it the day after you stick it in. 
no consequences, no fees, other than that you're going to forfeit the long-term care insurance. But if you let it sit there, instead of earning interest on it, you get long-term care insurance. And, and that long-term care insurance gets better and better the longer you let it marinate, the longer you let it sit there. Wow, that's awesome. That, uh, that made the whole web uh, podcast. Dave, is that something to elaborate on there? Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, I love that idea of the simple trade-off and you eliminate a lot of the risk of making the decision because for me, I know the money I have sitting in my checking account right now, if there was a better alternative, uh, it'd be a no-brainer. And so, uh, so that was fantastic. Um, Tim, you talked about kind of the five tenants and I love that overall framework. Tell me a little bit about how you approach existing clients in the review process. If, you know, if maybe they came to you, they moved their money over, you've built a retirement income plan, they haven't done any of the protection planning yet. How do you start to frame that conversation or how could our advisors go do virtual meetings right now or phone calls to frame that conversation with the prospects or existing clients, excuse me? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, and actually we use this with existing clients and reviews all the time. I also use this uh, to shape things with, with new clients too. The five tenets is a really powerful backbone for conversations just to have that conversation with clients over and over again. I mean, as you can tell, I go through those five tenets all the time in a review process, every review, I begin the review by saying like, whether it's 30 minutes or 60 minutes, like give or take, I'll say, hey, we've got the next 60 minutes. If, they, if we started the meeting, we're just getting to know each other, like, or let's say reacclimating, going through amenities. So maybe we're three or four minutes into the meeting. I'll look up at the clock and I'll say, hey, we have 56 minutes left of the hour. I want to make sure. So I'm giving it, I'm setting up a tone for exactly how much time we have. We got 56 minutes left before my next commitment with my next client. In that time frame, we're going to go through three steps for a review appointment. Step number one, and this is the most important one. We're going to go through any questions, thoughts, or concerns that you have. And, it, and that, for many of my clients, that could be the whole hour, and that's okay. You know, I'm going to write those down, we'll list them out, that's great. Step number two, when we're done with that, we're going to go through questions, thoughts, concerns, recommendations that I have. You know, I've prepared for your appointment for the last several days, we've been reviewing some things, I've got some things to cover, and, and hopefully we'll be able to get through those as well with you, you know, given the amount of depth of questions that you have and where things are at. If we have enough time, we're going to cover the third step, which is the five tenets of financial planning. So after we get through questions, thoughts, concerns you have, questions, thoughts, concerns, recommendations that I have, provided enough time, we'll go through the five tenets of financial planning. And, and we'll just make sure if anything flushes itself up that we didn't think of independently, you know, that should be a thorough review. By the end of that three steps, you'll feel pretty thoroughly reviewed and we'll be good. So it, it sets the tone that the client needs to keep up with the pace in step one with their questions in order to hear what you have in mind to share with them with recommendations. And if you don't have a whole lot of stuff to cover pretty quickly, the five tenants always gives you this thorough completion feeling. And so even if you have an hour long review scheduled, if you get through all three of these in 15 to 20 minutes, the client still feels so thoroughly reviewed that it's okay to wrap early and, and move on to something else and not feel like you're neglecting them or not providing adequate service. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally makes sense. And, uh, you know, I'm just kind of replaying you, you, the, the whole thing on the interest was such a valuable conversation that you just shared. Uh, it was reeling back even, I kind of did this subconsciously, but uh, a prospect or a client meeting that I had about two months ago. And uh, this gentleman had about a million dollars in his IRA that we were managing and we hadn't gone back and really discussed any long-term care planning in his later bucket. And I said, really, 
you know, you got a good plan in place. The one thing that could derail it is a major health event, right? How are you going to pay for it? You know, look at the cost of care in the area on a monthly basis. And using that whole interest concept, I said, you know, look, based on your risk profile and how we have this IRA invested, you know, our target is, let's say, about 6% annual growth. Uh, not 6% every single year, but over the long run in this type of portfolio, 6% is, is a pretty reasonable expectation. And I said, would you be willing to give up about 1% to 1.5% of that interest to basically protect the ability to spend all of the rest of it? And if you take a million dollars, 1% to 1.5% is ten dollars to $15,000 a year to go and fund an asset-based long-term care. And in his mind, he kind of had that same trade-off, like, yeah, giving up one or one and a half percent of my rate of return out of, you know, the six or whatever we're going to be targeting wasn't that big of a trade-off to basically give him permission to spend the rest of the IRA in retirement and not have to kind of airmark that money for any kind of health event later on because he knew he had then had this big pool of, of, of long-term care money available. Yeah, no, that, that makes perfect sense. I, it, as a concept, I think it's all about simple, right? The simpler we can get it for the client, the easier it is to make decisions. And framing things and comparing things to analogies that everybody gets is, you know, at least that's how I've found uh, most of our success to, to come from, from just making things really easy and simple. The, the, the baseline of the five tenants is helpful. I love what you said as far as kind of the alternative for interest. But there, there is kind of a deeper way to go with long-term care as well. Like, you know, parking that cash on the sidelines, giving up the interest and having some kind of long-term care insurance. One last piece on that really fast, though, by the way. You can tell them, look, it's $100,000 today. Tomorrow, it's like $300,000 immediately if you have a need for long-term care, right? So it's instantly bigger. And then the pool of assets just keeps growing. <clears throat> so you're ending up with like four or 500000 down the road the longer it marinates. Or you can just take your hundred grand back if you want to. And so that, that makes it really simple. So they feel like they've immediately got a higher ROI in that it's doubled or tripled the value of it immediately for if they have a need for long-term care by focusing on the pool of assets. But if you want to take a more needs-based approach to protecting somebody from long-term care, that's different. You know, if, if you've got a single person or, or even a married couple where they're really heavily concerned about that long-term care risk, you know, that's where we, we break out and say, look, you're going to either go with one of these three, three strategies. And every client can hear this. This, is, this works for every client, whether they're interested in long-term care or not. The, at the end of the day, you're either going to self-insure your long-term care risk. You're going to pay out of pocket, and that's fine. Or you're going to buy long-term care insurance, and that's got the pros. Here's the costs, all this stuff, right? And I don't go into a lot of detail. I keep this simple at the beginning to frame the conversation. Or you're going to buy life insurance that has some kind of long-term care benefit on it. And I can ambivalently communicate all three of those on a whiteboard and just put them side by side. Here's self-insurance, here's long-term care insurance, here's life insurance with a long-term care rider, and use the same amount of money. So you use the long-term care insurance premium as your baseline to determine how much money you're dealing with to fund the need. And then take that same amount of money that you were going to apply towards long-term care insurance and say, what if we took that same amount and bought life insurance with a long-term care rider on it or kept it in normal investments? And how much would the normal investments be? And then when you do the math on those three choices and you just kind of lay it out for them on a whiteboard, inevitably, if they're engaged in that conversation, they're interested in that, they're deciding between long-term care insurance and life insurance with a long-term care rider because self-insurance just does not look that good 
when you compare those three side by side. And, and then, you, you know, you're just trying to help the client. And if they decide to do self-insurance, at least you've covered your bases. You know, like my friends in Australia and the UK and everything, you've had the conversation. You take a picture of your whiteboard. You, you know, store that documentation. You, you do your dictation and you say, hey, I went through all of this with this particular client. They had the choice. They chose self-insurance. But this is a great time for you to have those conversations, whether it's a Zoom meeting where you're just teaching clients or, or um, you know, even having a conversation over the phone, as long as you can keep it really simple and say, hey, what about long-term care as an alternative to earning interest? Or, you know, th this is something that we could take care of for you. There's a video that's available out there where I taught this at MDRT. I think people could Google MDRT, uh, Tim Claremont, and see uh, long the long-term care being taught as, uh, as, as self-insurance, long-term care insurance, life insurance, and long-term care riders. So it's like a 15, 20-minute video. But you're welcome to check that out, and, and it's something we work with all the time. Sounds like a great future mastermind collegium roundtables, uh, seeing how you sketch that out. <laughs> we'll have to make note of that. Sure. Um, yeah, and I think that, you know, I know Tim personally over the weekend, like I was reflecting even in my own financial plan, and I bought $2 million more of insurance over the weekend, uh, realizing that uh, I probably didn't have enough. And I feel like these kind of health, uh, I mean, health is on everyone's mind right now, right? Public safety and health and, and health care, what would happen to their family if something were to happen? And I had the realization, I have plenty of life insurance on my life, but not nearly as much as I should have on my wife Alana's life. And so uh, we bought two additional policies, one bigger term policy, and then one permanent policy. And the permanent policy could be used you know, for, for supplemental retirement income. And I know it's a little bit off topic from, um, from traditional long-term care, but even the permanent policy that I bought had some accelerated benefits in the event. Now, you know, we're younger, but thinking long-term down the road, uh, we could tap into. But I know you also kind of just as a bonus session for the listeners while, while we wrap up here, you do a lot of uh, tax-free retirement income planning as well. So utilizing the cash value in life insurance, we talked about the death benefit component for long-term care, but just share a little bit about kind of what you're doing there. Sure, sure. So I'm a huge tax geek. I, I, when I was 13 years old, I saw Tom Cruise in the firm and I said, I want to grow up and do that. Uh, which, which is kind of weird. I know that's, that's abnormal, but that, that's where the life insurance, this tax-free income benefits comes from, uh, really, when you think about it. It might have to do with the fact that I had just gotten my first paycheck around that time, and I felt like FICA and FUDA and Fed Inc. and Stat Inc. had all just ripped me off, but <laughs> there was that, that moment when I, when I opened my first paycheck, and I was like, wow, this is a lot less than I thought it was going to be. So when you think about these, these trillions of dollars that are being spent right now on the stimulus package that we're dealing with, and you think about our current tax rate being historically extremely low, well, how are they going to pay for this later? <laughs> You're either going to be dealing with inflation or taxes or both. And if you can protect some of your client's income so that that income is tax-free later on, instead of having all of it be taxable, well, that's huge. You're a hero later when those tax rates go back up. So we've always, I've always been a huge fan of life insurance retirement plans, and it's a different way to use life insurance. There's really two extremes to using life insurance. You have the plan that focuses on maximum death benefit for the lowest possible premium. And that's, that's like, like, I love my family. I want to make sure I'm going to help them out and take care of them. And that's great. I totally get that. But the other extreme side of life insurance is I want the absolute lowest death benefit to shovel in as much premium as I can. And I'm going to grow the cash value 
so that I can then borrow against it in a tax-advantaged way and produce a tax-free income stream later on. So when you take a loan against a life insurance policy, you don't have to pay it back. The death benefit pays it back for you when you die, and the death benefit's tax-free. And we all know loans are tax-free. So if you can build a big cash value bucket inside of a life insurance policy and then borrow against it, then you're going to produce a tax-free income stream for yourself as you're borrowing against it, and then you can pay that all back later when you die, and the remainder death benefit will still pass on to your heirs because, of course, the policy still has to be functional, so there's always a remainder death benefit of some size. So that, with that basic concept, I would say the easiest, most powerful strategy that I can share with everybody uh, is what we call our, our clear, so Clear Financial Partners is my company. We call it our Clear FP Cola. So it's the cost of living adjustment strategy, the Clear FP Cola. And the idea here is say, okay, I got that client who's 60 years old or somewhere between, anywhere between 55 and 65. And they've got $100,000 of non-qualified money or more that's sitting on the sideline. And they say, you know what? I don't need that for my income in the next, you know, till 70 or later, right? Let's, what's the risk that we have? Well, later on, inflation might hit us later on, and we might need to spend more money at 75 or 80 than we need to spend in our 60s. So what is our cost of living adjustment strategy? So the clear fee cola is to say, let's just take $100,000. We're going to stick it in an index universal life insurance policy. We're going to Feed it in over a period of four years. A lot of carriers will allow you to do this with what's called a premium deposit account. So you stick 100 grand in and it feeds in over four years automatically. So your client feels like they're writing one check. They don't have to think about it ever again. No other payments. We're going to shrink the death benefit as low as possible to allow it to feed in over that four-year period. And then in policy year eight, after the TAMRA guidelines go away, we're going to, we're going to shrink wrap the policy even further. We're going to drop the death benefit as low as possible to allow those costs to go down so that our cash value can grow more. And then we're gonna to try to grow that cash value. So we, again, we, just like marinating a steak in the fridge or something like that, right? We're just gonna marinate this cash for a period of 10 to 15 years. And then when you're like 70 or 75 years old, after you've had 10 or 15 years, we're gonna turn on an income stream later if you need it as a cost of living adjustment. So think of it like your backup parachute. And that income stream that you're gonna pull out, based on the projections, is huge. You can create $100,000, you know, marinating for 10, 15 years, maybe even 20 years for some clients, can easily become anywhere from 10 to $20,000 a year of tax-free income, maybe 25000 What a great cost of living adjustment, and it's tax-free. So when those tax rates are higher, they don't have to worry about it. But by the way, if they don't need that income, if they don't need that cost of living adjustment, well, they can just put the life insurance policy in an irrevocable life insurance trust, pass it on to state tax-free and income tax-free, and it's the absolute best asset they could possibly leave behind. So it's this perfect Swiss army knife, knife of financial planning where it's like, well, if I want it for my income, I can do that. Great. If I don't want it for income, I want it for death benefit. I can do that. It's great. And that strategy alone has it's transformed our practice on the life insurance side of the last, I'd say, seven years. You know, we do about uh, 200 to 300,000 a year of target premium with that one strategy. And when you learn it and when you really get that, that strategy down, you realize it's the foundation for every kind of income-producing life insurance concept you can work with. As you expand on your own knowledge base in life insurance, you learn about alternative loans versus withdrawal, the loan strategies, the premium enhancement stuff, the multiplier effects on these rate of return things that are out there, and you know, some, of these, some of the amazing opportunities that exist. We, we run an ROI calculation every time we run the numbers on it. Sorry, I'm geeking out a little bit, Dave. Um, <laughs> no give me just a second. I'll wrap this up. <laughs> so, 
we run an ROI calculation, you're getting a rate of return on these indexes with a floor of like zero and a cap of nine. So your average annual rate of return is you're assuming something like maybe five and a half, right? Which historically, by the way, over pretty much any 10 year period of time, you've seen these returns yield between five and a half and six and a half very consistently in pretty much any environment. So it's, it's a really stable, you know, reliable yield. So even if we under promise and over deliver, go with a lower rate of return there, we compare that to how much money they would have to earn if they took that same hundred grand and put it in a non-qualified investment strategy and grew it on the side to produce the same amount of income after taxes that this LERP strategy can do. And the rate of return you have to earn when you're doing that is somewhere between typically 11 to 15%. So all I can say to a client is, well, which one do you have more confidence in? That we're going to earn about a five and a half with a floor of zero and a cap of nine. So if the S&P tanks, your worst case scenario is a zero. If it skyrockets, you're going to cap it at a nine. You'll probably get about a five and a half. But, or do you have more confidence that we're going to average somewhere between 11 and 15% average annual compound rate of return in another investment portfolio for the next 10 to 15 or 20 years? And I'll do either one. Most of the time, the clients are going to pick, well, yeah, I'll take the five and a half. I'm a lot more confident. Well, exactly. That's, that's why we put this out there. So. It's, it's really compelling. There's a lot, that, that's just the tip of the iceberg on this stuff. So I'll, I'll stop there. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, uh, I know you're going to be doing some additional work with C2P to help, you know, drive some more of these strategies that you've been able to accumulate over the years. And I, I'm really excited about that. Uh, after today's podcast, now I'm hungry for some steak. It's about lunchtime. Here. <laughs> and, uh, I've also uh, fed my appetite with uh, two or three great things I know I'm going to take away. Number one, again, just the, the whole trade-off between interest. That's a phenomenal concept, phenomenal idea. And then some of the different uh, techniques. I love the COLA. Uh, sitting down with a 60-year-old and starting to think 10, 15 years. I look at when their soon bucket runs out, that's going to help produce more efficient income uh, when we go to reload and provide them a more reliable income stream. So, Tim, again, thank you so much for carving out 30, 40 minutes with us here today. And uh, really appreciate all that you do for Clarity to Prosperity and C2P Enterprises. Yeah, you bet, Dave. I appreciate it, too. All right. Have a good one. Thanks everyone for listening. If uh, there was any of these concepts you want more information on, please reach out to the business development team. They can help get you connected. And if there's anything that you want to chat with Tim about, I know he's always available to help out other advisors. So uh, again, thanks for joining and we'll talk to you next time. The Bucket Plan On Demand series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach on advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit ClarityToProsperity.com.